just want to read one little verse from here. Let me just find it. Before I do, I want to say this, that this portion of scripture is really rich because I think it's John 13 where you get the account of the Last Supper. So basically from John 13 right the way through to the end of John 17 is this real amazing time where Jesus has this intimate time with his disciples and he teaches them things and they ask him questions and he gives answers. And it's a really powerful, powerful scripture. It's worth really meditating on this whole thing. One of the main messages of this is about the Holy Spirit, about the importance of the Holy Spirit. And I really believe that, I think this is a key passage of scripture for us at the moment. Uh, and we're going to break bread in a minute. And, and Jesus would have broken bread with his disciples as he was teaching this stuff from, Genesis, from John 13 to John 17. Even when you look at John 17, all the prayers that Jesus prayed, he prayed them at the Last Supper meal. Because if you read it, they didn't move on from there, out of that room, until the beginning of John 18. Just to, because I, I like a bit of nerdy biblical trivia, just to say that in, in John 18, it says that he, they left the room and they passed over the Kidron Brook, and that's when he went into the Garden of Gethsemane and then he got arrested. Just interesting, that word Kidron is darkness. So he passed over into darkness and that's where he got arrested. The other thing is that that Kidron Brook only springs in the winter. So if the church historians had got Easter correctly, they would have celebrated it in winter, not in, in spring. But anyway, that's just a bit of trivia for you. But the point is, it was a very dark winter time when Jesus was crucified. It was, it was a, a, a barren time when he was crucified, but his seed went into the earth, his body, and then spring came, didn't it? And Jesus is looking towards that and saying, look, when spring comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, there's going to be life everywhere. There's going to be great creativity. There's going to be great power everywhere. And I really believe that for any community, if you're going to rebirth into spring, there needs to be a winter and there needs to be a decision to die some of the things that have held us back in the past and to actually re-emerge into the spring of resurrection that God wants us to see. I really believe that God wants us to come into that. And I want to break bread in that context, not focusing on Jesus on the cross, but focusing on his resurrection. Because I, I sometimes believe that we spend too much time as Christians focusing on Jesus on the cross and identifying ourselves with that suffering instead of identifying ourselves with where he is now seated on a throne it says in 1 John 4 I think it's verse 17 it says as he is so are we in the world not as he was as he is now so God wants us to be those that identify with a Christ victorious on a throne not just a Christ on a cross I believe that if we constantly just identify with the cross we'll end up being quite suffering orientated instead of resurrection orientated I also believe that we'll be nailed on a cross between two thieves, one called regrets of the past and the other called worry for the future. And that's where a lot of us sometimes like to hang out. But, but God is saying enough is enough. We're going into a new day. And even as a community, there may be some regrets from the past. You know, when I first came here, 
number of guys who are no longer in the church went on and on about something called Micklethwaite. Oh, Micklethwaite, that was a bad decision. I don't even know what Micklethwaite was. But what I can say about Micklethwaite was in the past. And therefore, I don't even know. You'll find out. Don't don't bother. It's not worth it. So so, so my point is this. We're going to move on. Okay? We're going to learn from our past, but we're going to move on. And one one of the first mentions of Breaking bread in the whole Bible is in Genesis 14. And it's where Melchizedek, and his name means king of righteousness, king of peace. He comes with bread and wine after Abram's just won a massive victory. See, this is a victory meal. It's not supposed to be a dirge. It's not supposed to be, oh, the stripes on your back, God, Jesus. No, you know what? The stripes on his back have been healed. He's on the throne now. Read about Jesus in Revelation chapter 1. Eyes of fire. The voice of the sound of many warriors. Awesome. Our Jesus is awesome. And this is a victory meal. And he comes in the midst of this meal to share his victory with us. Well, Jeff, you've been a bit triumphalistic. Well, yeah, I am. Because the Bible says, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. We may not feel it right now. We may be going through some tough stuff, but you are going to be led through into triumph in Christ Jesus. Because God always does that for us if we work with him. Amen? Amen. So this Melchizedek came out and he brought bread and wine to celebrate with Abram. And what happened in that encounter is that who Melchizedek was, was ministered to Abram. And Melchizedek was king of righteousness and king of peace. If you're king of something, it means you are masterful in that particular thing. So Melchizedek was masterful in righteousness and masterful in peace. He knew all about peace. He experienced it. He knew all about righteousness. He experienced it. Righteousness means identity. Peace means nothing missing, nothing broken. So when God's representative came to Abram, he wasn't bringing judgment and condemnation. He was bringing life. He was bringing right identity and he was bringing peace and that's what we need to imbibe and receive from this meal today that we're receiving the life of God the peace of God and we're receiving the identity that we can partake in this meal because we've been made joint heirs with Jesus Melchizedek was saying to Abram you are a king like me that's why I can sit in your company and we have a priest Jesus and the order of Melchizedek And he says, you can be like me. You can sit with me. You can eat with me. Because I've brought you to be raised to my level. That's powerful. So this meal is not about how unworthy we are. And just because of the cross, we scrape in by the skin of our whatever. This is about the fact that Jesus has made us worthy. He paid an awful, awful price for us. But he made us worthy. And for us to take this together, we are literally saying... Victory is ours in Christ Jesus. Whatever situation you face, as you take the bread, as you take the wine today, you are receiving his victory. You are receiving his blessing. You are receiving his life. You are receiving his identity. And you are receiving his peace. Do you believe that this morning? Well, let's do it, shall we?